Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We've hit November. We've survived Halloween. Plenty of candy to go around my household with the two boys. And uh, picking at that from time to time as we uh, have a sweet tooth <laughs> over here. But another good one on tap for you this week. We're going to spend some time with Old Miss senior Jackson Suber. He wrapped up the fall season just a few days ago with a win in the Bahamas. Brentley, we will also talk about the women out in Hawaii, the Pac-12 preview. We thought if there was an opening for Stanford to lose, this would be it. It didn't happen. We can now start, uh, start talking historical perspective. And, of course, we will have our updated uh, Velocity Global Rankings in association with PGA Tour U. And we are thrilled that College Golf Talk is brought to you by Velocity Global. Happy to have them on board. They seamlessly connect employees and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance, expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries in all 50 United States. We all know it. The world of work is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. More than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. And they rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, they accelerate the future of work. To learn more, visit velocityglobal.com slash golf. And on that sense, I'm home in Windermere. You're in Savannah. We can do this anywhere, Brentley. Yeah, the wonders of modern technology. But how much candy did you actually eat? Because I can safely say that I didn't have a single Snickers or a single Twix or anything. Well, no. that's different because I've got a six-year-old now and almost an eight-year-old. Uh, didn't eat nearly as much as I thought I would. Uh, Sunday, I felt like we got around the neighborhood quicker. Uh, we were in, in the house by 7.30, but of course, you have to sort it all out. I'll say a half dozen pieces. I mean, and it can usually get away from me. I could go down the deep end, and I'm proud of myself. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen inside your kid's, like, candy bag? Uh, Well, I walked around the neighborhood with them. Uh, One of the neighbors had Dunkin' Donuts. They had boxes of donuts. That's good. Which I thought was different. Not saying it was a bad play. Uh, The seldom seen popcorn ball made a uh, visit Hmm. big size of a tennis ball popcorn and it's stuck together almost sort of like a rice krispie treat would be my analogy so i had a not good well i ate it i mean you know that's what you have to do uh but we had fun we survived again you're up in savannah area for the corn ferry tour final stage of qualifying um we talked about the velocity global rankings with pga tour university they are out uh, as of yesterday, every Wednesday, they get updated. And Jackson Suber, the big move from Old Miss. We just touched on his win in the Bahamas to wrap up the fall season. He moves up four spots to number eight. Top seven, they remain the same. So Jackson with a huge move up. And speaking of that, right on cue, we head on down to Oxford, Mississippi, and invite uh, Jackson Suber into the podcast. Good morning, my friend. Always good to see you. Yes, sir. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, 
wrapping up the fall, how would you describe what this last two months has been like for you guys? Maybe more with respect to a year ago when COVID really threw everything a curveball. How much is it closer to what you recall maybe your first two seasons? Are you closer to normal as part of a program day in, day out at Ole Miss? Uh, yes, sir. We're pretty much full speed here. Uh, same as 2019 and um, same operations. What's driving you in your final season to leave maybe your stamp, your legacy with Old Miss Golf? Uh, just to keep getting better and uh, just keep getting better with my team and for us to uh, keep playing well and hopefully win more tournaments. Now, Jackson, you won Sunday in the Bahamas to cap the fall. What does the team do when you're at a tournament at a place like that? I, I know Malloy, is is he back yet in Oxford, by the way? I mean, I saw that he took a little vacation on the back end. Yeah, he stayed a, a couple more days there. He's been working hard, so he deserves it with his family. Yeah, but is it a lot of time on the beach? I mean, what are some of the most fun activities you've had at maybe the Bahamas event or in Cabo or – some of those um, yeah there's a beach there there's water slides uh sharks everything you can uh you could want to do in the uh paradise like that sharks they got um these big tanks there's a, a slide that actually goes down through a shark tank hmm. got like nine foot ten foot reef sharks in there it's pretty intimidating <laughs> where's your fear level with sharks um sharks are up there when wakeboarding or uh, tubing in Tampa Bay, I don't like sitting in the water when uh, there could be sharks under you. Snakes what? are a no too. What about land sharks? Yeah, we're. I mean, that's our that's our mascot. It's our third one in uh, four years or five years. But uh, that's we have the swinging Tony now. Our mm-hmm. hat with the swinging shark. You talked about Tampa Bay area. You're a Tampa native. How did you end up? in Mississippi? Um, I looked at uh, uh, various SEC schools, and um, this one kind of hit home the most, and I really liked Coach Malloy and what he was building here, and um, kind of bought into Ole Miss and Oxford, Mississippi as a sports town as a whole. Now, you have quite the uh, impressive full name, John Weatherington Suber III. Is there a story behind that? or uh, just, just a family name. It's my grandpa's name. It's John Weatherington Suber, and then my dad's name is the same, but uh, I go by Jackson. Does uh, Malloy ever call you by that when he's mad at you, or when he wants? To... <laughs> no, just a last name when he's when he's not happy with me. <laughs> six months ago, or nearly six months ago, your counterparts, uh, the ladies, won the national championship uh, for Old Miss. What did that mean from your perspective, part of the men's team? to see what coach Corey Henk has, has grown there and how much it's sort of driven you guys to say, if she can do it with her program, why can't we do it? Yeah. I mean, it, it meant everything. I'm pretty sure they hadn't made it to a national championship like three or four years ago. And to now see all their trophies. I mean, we see the SEC championship trophy, East Lake trophy and national championship trophy every day. It just shows you kind of what hard work can do and uh, definitely motivates us. Now you're an accounting major. What's your what's your class schedule like right now? Um, I actually switched to finance. Oh, you switched. Uh, okay, yes, so you can't do our um, taxes. Um, but uh, I go to class Monday, Wednesday from nine 
nine thirty to twelve fifteen, and then I have three online classes. So a good mix of in person, but have some time to focus on golf as well. What does this team like to do off the golf course? What's your guys' well, favorite hobby or? just hanging out with each other and spending time with each other. We're a really close team and uh, all of us get along and uh, we like to spend time with each other, even if we're not working out or playing golf or practicing. Do you guys play cards or do you guys? Spin <laughs> yeah, we like cards. cards, we like cards. Blackjack's our favorite. <laughs> mm, who's the best on the team? Because that's Burko's um, favorite game, I think. Burko's uh, you, you, you've now piqued my interest <laughs> on a whole nother level here. Yes, sir. Atlantis also had that, so that was we, – we spent some time doing that. A quick aside, because you brought up the Atlantis. Uh, I'm not even sure if I was married at the time, but I had a big birthday about eight, nine years ago. And among all the fun, the water slides, the food, some cocktails, I remember sitting at the blackjack table next to Marcus Camby. 16-year NBA player. He's seven feet tall. You can't miss him. And let's just say I was critical on how conservative he was on his betting, shall we say. Here's a guy that had made a couple hundred million dollars, and I was betting more than he was. And uh, let's just say the whole atmosphere got the better of me. Now, luckily, I ran into Marcus a day later and apologized. And he said it was all good fun. You were celebrating your birthday. But you just gave me a flashback of about nine years ago at a blackjack table with Marcus Campbell. Burko getting his butt kicked by a seven-foot NBA player. It was all good. Harmless fun. Harmless fun. I'm gonna, I'll, One day, Jackson, I will share with you my, not foolproof, but my betting method on blackjack. We can talk about that, I believe, at some point, that there's a way that if you get proper cards, you will ensure that your finance major will be well done. Blackjack has some similarities to golf, too. What are they? What, what are the similarities? Yeah, stick to your strategy, kind of. I mean, just because you lost the last hand doesn't mean you're going to aim at pins and stuff on the next hole. Just because you lost a couple, you kind of We've talked about that a lot with Coach Moy recently and not doubling down and just because you had a bad hole in the last one going flag hunting and then ending up in out of position. And then that's when you make big numbers. And that's wow. helped us a lot. Especially I like that. It's patience. It's patience. Yes, Have your game plan. Stick to it. When you whip two out of bounds on the fourth hole, doesn't mean you swing for the fences on the fifth hole. Yes, Stay sir. true. Oh, I like this. Wait. This could be a whole nother podcast potential here. We've just we've taken a detour. We've we're really we're really in the weeds now. But uh, what's what's your best Malloy story? I, I mean, he's he's a pretty funny guy. I mean, I know when he was at Florida State, he made Kepka run stadiums over and over again, and just always has something to say. I think your guys' social media team at Ole Miss does a great job with the false stuff with Braden and Malloy going to the baseball game. But what's your What's kind of your best story that you can tell on here that maybe won't embarrass Malloy, but maybe we'll get him laughing a little bit? I got to think. There's a lot. <laughs> it's always it's always something new every day with him, but it's all good every time. And he's been a great uh, a great coach and has really helped us get better. Mm-hmm. Now I, I was texting with him this morning, and he actually said that he stole you from some of the Florida schools because you were maybe a little bit under the radar. How did you, how did you go from being an overlooked recruit 
to being one of the best players in college golf? What's the, what's the one or two tips you have to anyone looking to get better? Kind of goes back to the same thing I was talking about course management is just, you got to stick to your process and your plan and your goals and kind of keep believing in that and not just changing something up because you had a bad month. I mean, you might need to evaluate it and see, where there's some things where you went wrong, but you can't just keep jumping around with your plan and process and kind of stick to your game plan and trust that that's going to get you to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Now, NIL is a big thing in college golf now and all of college sports really kind of projecting forward. Maybe this is even when you turn pro, but what's your dream company? Like if you could sponsor, get sponsored by any company, whether it be something food or something retail or anything, what would that be? Well, no. Um, it's a tough one. There's a lot of a lot of good restaurants out there. Chipotle. <laughs> oh, Chipotle would be good. Can't go wrong with that. Um, Burn Steakhouse, maybe since you're a Tampa guy. Have you been there? Steakhouse is pretty good. Yes, sir. I live about a driver from there. Really? Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, so I've been there a couple times. Not too many uh, to make it not special, but it's a it's a cool place. PGA Tour U, the Velocity Global Ranking, we mentioned that you're eighth now. How much do you look at those rankings each and every week to know that if you finish in the top 15, you've got somewhere to go after Greyhawk next year at the NCAAs? Uh, yes, sir. They, they come out every week in my financial statement analysis class. So <laughs> I'm looking at my computer, and I see them come out. And um, it's very exciting to look at, but at the same time, you got to – focus on getting better every week and uh, playing good golf, because if you're not playing good and winning tournaments, then that means nothing because you're going to drop out of it. But how much of a game changer is it? Because you, you look at all these young men, 99% of them finish up college and they have nowhere to go. They're going to Monday qualifiers. You know, you've got your outliers, but how much do you think this changes college golf on the men's side? And maybe more importantly, keeps guys like you around to get a degree. Yeah, it's awesome what uh, Jay Monahan has done uh, to kind of grow the game. And, I mean, college golf used to go from uh, if you were the best player in the world, you might get some starts and some money, but that was about it. To kind of have a guaranteed uh, place to play out of school it means everything to those top guys that finish in that. Now, Jackson, the SEC is littered with a bunch of great teams, great players. Do you have any friendly rivalries with anyone on any other schools? Like a guy who you're constantly talking smack with or you beat him and you're texting and letting him know that the next day? Hunter uh, Walcott. We're always back and forth. We're really good friends. That's a big kid. That's like messing with Marcus Camby. <laughs> Coach Webb and Malloy are uh, very close too. And I think he was his assistant at USF and, there's a little bit of a friendly rivalry there, but that's probably the team that we're the closest with. Kind of a bitter football game, right? Kind of a bitter football game for Tennessee a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was that was tough for them. Some <laughs> golf balls thrown around there. I know, right? How about him? How about Lane Kiffin catching the golf ball? That was impressive. That's awesome. What are your goals as you wrap up your college career over the next six months, individually and team-wise, before you make the jump? Um, just to keep improving and uh, keep helping my team improve and let them help me improve and just keep building on the momentum we've rode this fall.
Braden Thornberry, NCAA individual champ four years ago at Rich Harvest Farms. What did you learn from him or maybe still continue to learn as he's realizing it's not that easy at the next level? <laughs> that, you know, it's not that straight line uh, to the PGA Tour. Uh, yeah, he taught, he taught me a lot while he was here just for a semester. He taught me a lot about course management and kind of how to mark a yardage book correctly and the notes he made. They're very detailed. He's obviously known for his crazy swing and his putting, but his mental game and um, he has so much confidence in himself. And if he misses a 20-footer, he thinks he's going to make the next one even more. And um, he taught me a lot with that. Did he teach you to play fast? No, I already played fast before I got there. Where are you going to be five years from now, projecting into the future? What are you going to be doing? Hopefully playing golf. Short, sweet, simple. I like it. I like it. Jackson Suber, appreciate you taking some time, my friend. Nice win in the Bahamas. Uh, enjoy the downtime. We will talk uh, on a different forum to give you the best strategic odds moving forward when you sit at the tables because as a tampa guy as you know exit seven hard rock right there you're about 20 he minutes away exit oh. i try to stay out of there and keep it a vacation thing fair Good enough man. fair enough Good well man. as you grow as you grow up you'll realize that uh you can take it deep uh, good to catch up. Uh, all the best uh, during the holidays, and uh, keep up that good play in 22. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Thanks, you got appreciate it. Jackson Suber, the win in the Bahamas, now eighth in the Velocity Global PGA Tour U rankings. Brentley setting that one up. Always good to spend some time with some of the young men out there. And I remember Chris Malloy telling me at the Blessings, there was something he said about this group. He said, we might not play well this week. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But there was something about the dynamic, and I've covered this long enough, Brentley, that it's not always about the number that these men and women shoot. It's about the personalities, the chemistry. And it was something Chris Malloy kept harping on in a very good way of, you can have world beaters out there that might not like each other, that don't get along. And ultimately, I think that can cause... Um, dissension, if you want to phrase it that way. Uh, so keep an eye on Ole Miss. I know it's a, a squad you've sort of watched and thought maybe outside some of the three or four favorites that this could be a group that might make some noise in the spring. Yeah, they're the ultimate dark horse, right? They're 10th in the country right now. They've only played two stroke play events. Remember their fall opener at Scenic City got rained out, washed out. They weren't able to get any golf in there. But behind Super, it's a, a lot of unknown guys, much like Super was coming in. And I think where they're ranked right now and how they've played, they've looked very good. And that's a testament to what Coach Moy has done, like you said, getting these guys to buy in, getting these guys to like each other. Because there's some teams out there that probably aren't playing right now like they like each other. Um, so Ole Miss is certainly a team to watch out for. The SEC, though, is very deep. Um, the Ole Miss will be playing a good schedule. So I'd like to, you know, believe that their ranking will continue to stay high and um, hopefully they can roll into regionals and, you know, do what they need to do. Over on the women's side, I am not sure how often I looked at live scoring as I had over the last 36 to 48 hours, Pac-12 preview out at Nenea in Hawaii. And Stanford was three for three, looking for a clean sweep in the fall. 
and they were going to do it without the top two players in the world, not only just their team, and a third that were all at the Spirit uh, outside of Houston, which I'm heading to uh, tomorrow. Paige McKenzie and I were going to host a highlight show that will air on Golf Channel in December. I thought if they were going to lose, this was it. Let's let the cat out of the bag. Stanford won by, I think, three or four shots. Four shots, yeah. I'm, I'm, I saw your tweet, and I almost said, game, set, and match. It's over. Wow. I was doing the same thing you were doing, Berker. I was, I was hitting the refresh. They were obviously on Hawaiian time, so they were five hours behind us. So about that 7 p.m. or so refresh to try to get the final scores and I'm just I mean what what can you say I'm a little bit speechless just because we talked about it last week how with Rose I think I almost talked a little smack to her and that they were going to have their hands full you know we're talking about the best teams or the best conference in the country and these other teams weren't missing players I mean USC UCLA Arizona State they were pretty Arizona much had the host sisters back exactly. yeah, everyone was back yeah and for them to do that and have three players still in the top six, and those were the three that played, I believe, at Greyhawk last year. You had Brooks Say, Sadie Engelman, uh, and Aline Crowder. So that's kind of three other players from last year. But and Say Angelina, and Engelman, Angelina, yeah. Yeah, and she was outside the top 20, and they still won. Yeah. It's, I, it's incredible. I mean, I'm, I'm this close to saying game, set, and match, it's over. Well, you've seen some of these great teams. I mean, you've been around a lot longer than I have. And so who are the, some of the top maybe teams that they would be in the conversation with? I know what? Tulsa I back know. in the day before both of us won NCAAs by 36 shots. That's pretty good. The Dale That McMahon is impressive. Area. Yeah. You go back. Uh, to me, the standard is ASU. I think it's 95. They never lost a tournament. They did tie one with San Jose State, and they just had won their third straight national championship. They had four, four first-team All-America selections. I don't think you will ever see that again anywhere. And that's because there's so much parity. There's so many very good uh, young ladies out there playing college golf. Uh, I remember Duke in 04, 05, very similar to this Stanford team. I believe the only regular season event they lost when they had players at the ANA, then the Dinah Shore. And, uh, there was a spring event. They weren't able to get it done. And I said it was over. UCLA won. And UCLA said, you really pissed us off. And we wanted to prove you wrong. Um, and then that, USC, that USC team. Yeah. 2013, Annie Park came in in the spring. They won in Athens by a couple of dozen shots. Um, collectively, though, I wasn't covering uh, Arizona State in the mid-90s. I have not seen, I don't believe I have seen a team this good, this deep. Um, and again, Rachel Heck has not played well compared to her standards of the spring season uh, in 21. If she returns to 60, 70, 80% of that, it is game, set, match. Which is going to happen at some point. You would think. You know, yeah. uh, she set the bar so high, winning six times in the spring, the final three. Um, I can't wait for the spring to start to see if this trend continues. Um, man, that, that was impressive. I thought if they were going to lose, they were going to lose in Hawaii without those three and they didn't. 
Yeah, their first tournament of the spring, Lampkin Invitational in San Diego, February 14th. And I'm looking, I'm scrolling through their spring slate here at Burko, and there's there's not a lot that really stands out. Um, in terms what else? Of, what else is uh, on their spring? So they, so they play the Lampkin, then they go end of February, they play the Gunrock in Sacramento, then they play the Julie Inkster um, in California as well in early March. And then here's where I think it could get tricky because we talk about the ANA, we talk about the Augusta National, National Women's Amateur kind of in that late March, early April time frame. And they got two events and they're pretty good. You got ASU's event March 25th to the 27th, and then the Silverado Showdown in Napa um, April 4th through the 6th. So that's the tournament maybe that they have circled on their calendars in terms of they got to do what they did these past few days um and again i mean how how much do you think that they're actually going to be sitting there and wanting to go like undefeated like like how much pressure do you think that's going to be on them or do you think they're going to try to play it off and say it doesn't matter if we go undefeated we just want to win the last tournament that's ultimately all that matters if you're any coach now get back to me in mid-march if they've won eight in a row I mean, they are kids, and I mean that, no no disrespect. The, the mind can wander <laughs> when yeah. you're 18, 19, 20. Uh, Ann Walker is one of the best in the country. We've known that for a while. Um, I don't want to make this all Stanford-centric, but a tip of the cap to them for uh, winning in Hawaii and clean sweep in the fall. You uh, are in Savannah, as we talked about, uh, Q School. Corn Ferry Tour final stage, and we've got a lot of guys that we've seen, which I think the greatest thing about PGA Tour U, and it isn't the automatic status, that's nice, and it's something that when I talked to Colin Morikawa when this all came out and said, what do you think about this whole premise? It's worked out for Colin. He didn't have to worry about that. He said the most overlooked thing by those top five isn't the six or seven or eight corn ferry tour starts. It's the automatic exemption into the final stage of the corn ferry tour qualifying school. You can come in dead last this week and you have status. So he's like, you don't get eight weeks of status. You get almost 18 months of status. And it, that I think we've all learned Colin thinks differently in a very positive way. And some of these guys didn't play very well. And some of these guys chased some PGA Tour starts because of the combined season on the KFT, mm-hmm. knowing they could miss every cut. And if they play well this week, they sort of set up 2022. Yeah, I, I think that was the tricky part about this past summer, right? Because you have a player in Arizona State's Kevin Yu, who was runner up and then had another top five. And in any other year, would have He's gotten probably that four status, but with yeah. the super season, wasn't able, just missed out on the top 100. But I I agree with you. We're seeing, I believe it's nine of the of the top 15 in that inaugural class. Uh, Mac Meisner, um, Jonathan Brightwell, Quake Cummins, a couple of those guys from outside the top five who ended up getting through second stage. But again, I mean, think about the pressure of trying to get a card or trying to get a job and these kids for the past, what, four or five months haven't had a lot of pressure because of PGA Tour U. I mean, yeah, there is pressure, I guess, to perform, and they have that pressure this week. But you're right. They've gotten to kind of 
get their feet wet as pro golfers, go play some tour events, go play some corn fairy tour events, kind of learn what it's like. Whereas before you were hitting the ground running and if you, you flopped like Justin Sud did, and now he did have an injury a, a couple summers ago, but look how long it's taken him to get to where he is right now. I mean, he's, he's at final stage. He's playing well so far. Um, but he was supposed to be that fourth guy in that 2019 class with Morikawa and Matt Wolf and, and Victor Hovland. Yeah. And imagine if PGA Tour U was there. Uh, Justin Sun may be on PGA Tour right now. Yeah. And, and it's funny because there isn't um, – it's not like the old Q school. Like, they all have status. This is all about priority, not yeah, now for their livelihood. You, you finished last this week. You're probably not getting into many events. You're getting into maybe one event, two events. Yeah. And, yeah but, trust me, you don't want to finish 118th, yeah. but you can Monday, you can make a cut in the shuffle. It, and one good nothing, finish, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing like the pressure that we would see of Joe Daly's cup ball hitting the lining of the cup or Roland Thatcher hitting it on the roof or Tim – O'Neill making it eight on the last hole when a seven. That was TV. That was the best thing I can argue we've done at Golf Channel for for so long when it existed. But, um, you know, you're up there. You're going to have your finger on the pulse of of who's doing what and then the great stories uh, behind some of these young men and old men. (laughs) It's not just kids. There there are a lot of 40-somethings out there like Jonathan Bird and among others trying to get back to the PGA Tour. Well, heck, I just did a story on uh, Matt Picanso this morning, 38 years old, basically a year and a half, two years of small community college golf, um, played baseball, decided to walk on to Bakersfield College team, and then he quit the game for five years. A family tragedy, um, picked it back up, and he's been chasing ever since. This is his sixth or sixth time playing second stage, finally got through two weeks ago. So playing final stage for the first time, just a really cool story. And it just shows that, you know, professional golfers and successful professional golfers come in all shapes and sizes. They're not always, you know, there's not a prerequisite to be a four-time All-American or a three-time All-American in college and be a world beater. You can have guys that basically come out of nowhere. And I think that's what makes this week so great. And as we look ahead and project who the next future stars might be in college golf, what do we got going on uh, Tuesday? I know you and I are virtually going to get together and some folks uh, up at the headquarters as uh, we got a little signing day activity next Tuesday. I'm excited. I had, I enjoyed the show that we did two years ago and it's been fun the last few days coming up with my rankings. I got a top 25 individual rankings for both the boys and girls and top 10 classes. And we're still, we're still learning. We're still moving things around, but I think we'll, uh, I think people will be pretty happy or maybe they won't be pretty happy (laughs) uh, next Tuesday, but it should be fun. Yeah. We'll have that show on golf channel next Tuesday, a little uh, signing day special that will keep you updated on the uh, future stars, men and women of the game. I think we should wrap it. feel like that's yeah. right on cue. Our thanks to Jackson Suber. Have a great week up there in Savannah. I'm going to head to the Spirit for a couple of days. We will reconvene next week. Uh, we'll do the signing show. And I feel like one more pod next week, sort of a fall roundup as we all enjoy some holiday downtime. But uh, until next week for Brentley, I'm Burko. We will see you uh, next Thursday on College Golf Talk.